Well, I am super honored and, and really blessed to be on this stage. I don't take this very You can be seated. Thank you. Um, I don't take this very lightly. This is a pulpit where I believe the Word of God's been preached strong and good. How many guys love our pastors? Amen. And we got great staff that comes up here and gives the Word. Give a hand clap to our staff and our staff pastors and all those that serve. But I have an assignment this morning, and I really hope I can get it done in a short period of time. But I, 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 love the, I love listening to God's Word, and I love hearing about the miracles of God that takes place in the New Testament. What I love about the New Testament is that we are living in still in the New Testament. This chapter is not closed in our life. Amen? The miracles we hear back then is the miracles that God wants to do today. It's not, God's not a respecter of time, respecter of people, or respecter of miracles. He can still do what he does back then. He can do now. And so I want to share something with you to challenge you this morning. Get out of your comfort zone for a second. I may step on some toes, and that's okay. That's why you came to church this morning, amen? Not to be comfortable, but to be challenged. So I want to read this Mark chapter 5, verse, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. And this is the account when I've read this story. I always, I've heard it preached before or taught, but something spoke to me, and I want to read that with you today. So in uh, verse 1 of Mark chapter 2, and uh, let's read here. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he'd come home. So now you see this. Jesus come back to his hometown. And they gathered in such large numbers, there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached a word to them. Some men came, bringing him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get, into, get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then they lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, everybody say, saw their faith. He said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. I don't know about you, but when I read this story, I think about a lot of things. I like watching the, the background story. You, you see that there's a house where it's full. Not only a house being full, is Jesus is in the house. And now he's Jesus in the house, there's no way to get to Jesus. So all these people were just in this place, waiting to get close or to hear or just to chill around Jesus. Now, I, I think about this. There was four guys who could not get in. Everybody say four. four. Four men, not just any four men, but four men full of faith. That's critical. So here's the moment. You'll see this. And I thought about the crowd. What is the crowd? Who was in the crowd? Why was the crowd there? What were they doing there the whole time? Some theologians believe the crowd were Pharisees or religious people just chilling inside the house. In other words, they were crowding the space where people could come in. Yet these, these four men could not get in. What is the crowd today? Maybe the crowd to you and I is we're comfortable. Maybe the crowd to you and I is that we're here, but we're just comfortable. We are familiar. We just love being in a crowd. Crowd is not threatening. A crowd, everybody knows you. A crowd can be just to spectate, just to see, to hear, and do nothing. I don't know what the crowd is. But I do know one thing. God doesn't want us to be part of the crowd. He wants us to be part of the four men who are full of faith. See, we could go to church, and guys, I love being in church. Church does not save you. Let me say it again. Only Jesus saves you. But I thank God for the church because the church, when we come together with like minds, all full of faith, we can see God move mightily in a service. But I also believe sometimes we can get comfortable in a crowd. 
or get comfortable in a church service. In other words, we get familiar. Some of you guys are born in the church. You, you've been born since you were a baby in church. You know all the Christianese terms to say and what to do and how to say it, how to act, how to act spiritual, how to act non-spiritual. Amen. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. You get comfortable. Some of us are married to our chair. Man, if somebody sat in your chair on Sunday morning, it's on like Donkey Kong. You know what I'm saying? But we get comfortable in a service. We get comfortable in an environment. We get comfortable in a setting to the point of we don't believe as much as we did before. And I start hearing this story. Man, what happened to the crowd? Why was the crowd there? Some believe this house was Peter's house. Some believe they all were there to go to the house of Peter, yet the ones that took the space are the ones that weren't believing. They would just want to see what's going on. So I want to read this again. This service was interrupted. This service was probably going on, and it was going good. They all heard Jesus opening his mouth and speaking. They wanted to hear what he had to say. And the middle of this service, in the middle of this moment, it got interrupted. I want more interruption, not in a church service, so don't interrupt the service. But I want more interruptions in our life to wake us up to realize that God is still moving despite of what we see and believe. Interrupted services when God can show up in your house and do miracles today. Interrupted services where we get normally in this normal way of living that God says, oh no, I don't want normal, I want abnormal. I don't want the same, I want different. Don't get comfortable being comfortable. I call it the law of the dirty diaper. I didn't say it's in the first service. But the law of the dirty diaper means this. If it smells, it's time to change the diaper. If it's uncomfortable... It's time to change the diaper. Amen. Let's go back to the word. I'm, I'm going to do a little. All right. So here's the scene. Great crowds are there. They're all, com- they're all comfortable in this place. They're all covering the spots where anybody cannot come in. And, and the atmosphere, and then you hear the word, and Jesus takes the platform, and these people are all there. And then in the middle of this service, the roof opens. Now, I can imagine the people in that service, all in that room, seeing debris falling from the sky. I can imagine some people being very super spiritual going, I can't believe they made a hole in that roof. Or people going, how dare they? I mean, who do they think they are? I mean, what do they want to do? You ever notice when you try to get close to Jesus, everybody has a comment to say? You notice when God's trying to show up and do a miracle in your life, there's always critics? Can you imagine those four guys? There's no doorway there. There, no room in the window. Ah, the roof. They take this man. Now, I want you to think about it. I want to share with you about being a rope holder this morning. Because we can all talk a good talk. But until you hold that rope, I thought about it. Rope holders. Every week, faithfully, we have rope holders in this church. Faithfully, we have people serving in the parking lot, towing the rope so you can get fed, so God can show up in your life. Rope holders, faithfully, those who serve in the nursery, in kids' church, those who serve in registration, those who serve doing frontline, ushering, greeting, those you don't see behind the scenes doing things, rope holders, 
towing the rope so somebody can get in the presence of Jesus. Can we give a hand clap to all of our MVPs who help hold the rope? Amen. Man, this morning, and Pastor Mike said it earlier, it's so true, there was an electric, electric atmosphere today. I believe God wants to show up in a mighty way. So here they are, rope holders, four men, full of faith. Four men had no name. They weren't pastors. They weren't elders. They had no name. Come on, I believe God likes to use the no-namers too. We sometimes focus on, well, oh, because the pastor, and I, and I love our pastor. I'm not saying them. I'm saying we look at the, a title. We look at a position. But last time I checked, faith is not required by a title or position. It's required by people who are willing to go beyond the extra mile and say, God, here am I. Use me. Amen? So these four rope holders, full of faith. Let me just say this. Jesus is not about the platform. He's about the people. Jesus is not about just the title. He's, he's looking for people, like Pastor says, not the title, but the towel. People are willing to serve, willing to go the extra mile, willing to look beyond their own personal need and say, you know what? I'm here because Jesus wants to use me to minister. Jesus wants to use me to speak life. I want to read these things to you because, number one, risk, rope holders take risk. They take risk. You take risk of re- your reputation. See, it's cool to be in the crowd because everybody's doing the same thing. But when you get out of the crowd and do something different and be a risk taker, think about this. It doesn't require much faith when everybody's doing the same thing. It requires much faith when nobody's doing it. Because we can get so comfortable in the middle of all of it. I call it borrowed faith. We can borrow somebody else's faith. Come on. What was the last time we used your faith to see God do something? When was the last time you, you stood in the gap for somebody else besides your own need? Rope holders. So here they are. They take a risk. The four men, it says in verse 3, they brought the paralyzed mind. They carried the four of them. Four of them carried because, they, because of the crowd. They couldn't get in. I wonder, how long has this man been paralyzed? How long has he been that way? Did anybody ever notice it? Was he always there and everybody just passed him by? Come on, you have people in your life that you just pass by. You know they're hurting. You know they're paralyzed. You know they're stuck. Yet, I'm good, like the Pharisees. I'm good. We're all good. Me and my four no more, we're good. And we pass by people. We overlook. We choose not to see. But these four men saw. And I thought about how long did it take for this man to come to Jesus? How long did it take for somebody to notice him in that condition. See, I think this, just like in the story, a lot of people like to see you broken and bound because it makes them look good. Now, we're, we're fine. But him? Pfft. Oh, we're, we're great. But her? And it, it, gives, it feeds our ego. Come on. It almost justifies why we're doing so well and they're doing not. But yet, these guys believe God beyond themselves. I thought about this. 
We, 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 we take risk in life with our finances. We take risk in life with our business. We take risk in life with our relationships. We take risk in life for our finances and all the things that we do, but we don't take risk with God. Like, and this is the Christianese thing to say, I'll pray about it. How many guys said that before? Pray about what? Did God use you? You don't need to be praying about that. Let God use you. I don't feel led to do that. Then what do you feel led to do? Because God wants to be led through you to do something for him. Amen. Take risk. Take risk. The kingdom of God is about risk. When you gave your life to Christ, it was a risk. You had to risk it all. Some of you guys lost relationships because giving your life to Christ. And you know what? That was good. You probably need to get rid of them anyway. <laughs> you lost, come on, you lost friends. Hear me out, because I know I lost a lot of friends when I gave my life to Christ. But I tell you, I gained new friends because I found a like faith in that decision. But taking a risk, taking a risk, what is that risk? These men knew, I have to get to the feet of Jesus to see the miracle. Determination. I have to bring my, I have to lower him. I have to lower him to get to the feet of Jesus. When was the last time you had a burden like that for somebody? Rope holders do whatever it takes. In other words, they didn't crowd surf the guy into the, the room. They made an opening in a roof. It's called vandalism, guys. <laughs> but I believe this, the violent take it by You realize some of you guys are here today because you had a praying grandmother or a praying mom or dad or grandparent. You, you realize some of you guys in this room, will you take for granted that somebody was the rope holder for you? You didn't even know it. You know, the countless hours your family has been praying for you, yet we didn't realize they were towing the rope for you. Do you realize that I believe these men didn't take Inactivity, they took creativity to get to the feet of Jesus. They said, whatever we're going to do, whatever it takes, we may get ridiculed, they may laugh at me, they may not like me, I may lose friends, but I do know one thing, I got to see this person get delivered. I got to see this person get healed. I got to see this person get free, amen? Sometimes we got to put earthly rules and etiquette aside to win people. When was the last time you won somebody to Christ? Not the church. I brought them to church, pastors preached, they got saved. That's good. But when was the last time you personally led somebody to the feet of Jesus? See, I believe in order to get a breakthrough, we have to break through things. In order to see miracles, we got to go beyond ourselves. And so here, these men were fighting a war spiritually for physical activity. I'm going I'm to read this because I, I, I mean, I'll tell you a story. I remember when I was growing up, we used to go to uh, these Acquire the Fires by a man, man named Ron Luce, who did Team Mania. And, and Ron Luce said one statement one day that always shook me, and it, it always bothered me when he made this statement, because I'm like, okay, great, great service. And then he makes this one profound statement. He says, if you were driving on the highway, and you see this car burning on fire... 
and there's young people trapped in the car, what would you do? Of course, everybody says what? Stop the jumping. But if this car is engulfed, and it's like burning up, would you risk your life for that teenager or that young person? Some of you guys would say yes, some of you guys go. But he said this, there's people spiritually that are dying and going straight to hell, and we're watching them burn in an eternal fire. Now, that kind of, Pastor, that's rough. It's reality. There is, a, there is a heaven to gain, but there is a hell to lose. The question is, what are we doing to rescue those who told the rope to bring them to the feet of Jesus? When was the last crazy thing you did for Jesus Christ? What was the last radical thing you did for Jesus? I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about the person that's in the church. When was the last time you stood in the gap for somebody else? When was the last time you prayed hard for somebody else? When was the last time you lost sleep for somebody else? Oh, I can't sleep. Maybe you can't sleep because God wants you to pray for somebody until you pray. You ain't sleeping good. I don't know. When was the last time you trust God for something you can't see? Number three, rope holders have faith that can be seen. Faith that can be seen. Do your kids see your faith? Not the church. Do your kids see your faith? I believe this. When faith is seen, miracles take place. When faith is seen, things start happening. When faith is seen, people move by action. Come on. When faith is seen, God shows up. It says right here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let me stop for a second. Do you know that salvation is not seen, but we know we receive it? It's by what? Faith. You can't see a salvation package envelope when you receive Christ. You know it's there because you believe by faith. It's by faith that we receive the Spirit of God. It's by faith we see miracles take place. It's by faith we see God's hand move. The question is, are we walking by faith or are we walking by sight? When was the last time you walked by faith and not by sight? So these rope holders, they lowered the man. And I thought about this. This man must have been heavy to have four guys lower him. But how many times that we're, we're supposed to lower people to Jesus? God told us to not let go of the rope. And because it's heavy, because it hurts, because it weighs, I can't do it anymore. It wasn't the paralyzed man faith that healed him. It was the four men that were lowering him. Let me say it again, because I think we sometimes think, well, it's God. Yeah, God does the miracle. But God moves by when he sees faith. You know, when you're in a mission field and you start going and see miracles in mission field, you see it happen more, radi- more radical and fast than on the stage. Why? Because maybe we're so used to the crowd. Maybe we're so used to not being a risk taker. Maybe we're so used to by doing the same old, same old. And the mission field, you have nothing else but to trust the one who can heal you, who can deliver you. I got to tell a quick testimony. We went to Belize. I remember this. We had, uh, it was me and some of the girls and Tanya. Remember Tanya? We go in this one hut, and we walked in that hut, and we knew this hut was demonic. But we were like bold like a lion. We walked in there. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what came over me. 
because I probably wouldn't have done this in the States. But we go into that room, and this lady says, I want to be set free. There's things in my home that got me bound. Now, I didn't see angels pop out of the sky and fall down and say, go ahead, Jason. (laughs) All we saw and we believed by faith that God was going to move in that house and he was going to clean the house out. Do you know we started praying? And I kid you not, like my last name is Bonilla. As we were praying, I felt something go out of the room real quick. Here's what I'm saying. It wasn't my name that cast out fear and worry and fear. It was my faith connected to the one who's able to do the miracle. Amen? A lot of us do this. God, I don't see the miracle. I don't see the miracle, God. I know you told me to do this. You told me to pray for my son. I don't see the miracle. I don't see the miracle. Still believe. Still lower him. Still trust God. When he goes to the feet of Jesus, he, will be, he won't be the same. He'll be different. Lower him. Ring him. Speak it. Believe it. Don't let go of the rope. Amen? I want to say this. Faith without works is what? So if faith without works is dead, then faith with works brings things to life. Did you catch that? It's not just good to have the faith, but have the faith believing that God can and will through faith that can set the captives free, heal the brokenhearted, the way, the truth, and the life shows up. Jesus saw their faith. It didn't say Jesus saw the dust and the debris and the roof and the falling down and the people in the crowd or even the paralyzed man. He said he saw their faith. Their faith. Their faith. Jesus didn't stop the commotion, he didn't stop the interruption. I think he was pleased when somebody was able to believe that Jesus the Messiah was able to deliver in that time of need. I believe this, that many times we're waiting for something to happen, and God's waiting for you to make something happen. I think sometimes we pray, God, give me a green light. Give me a green light. I believe God's been going green, green, green. And we're going, but God, I'm waiting for a green light. I'm waiting for a green light. I I think this, I think we start doing this. We should be going green all the time and asking God for a red light. Because we're so concerned about the green, we never do anything. Maybe you start moving and do what God's called you to do and to be a rope holder. Let him stop you at times. But he's welcomed by people who walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? Amen. So, let me close this because I have so much to say and I want to finish this. Then the Pharisees do this. When they see the condition of the man being healed, when they see the condition of the man being delivered, Jesus says, take up your mat. He says, your sins are forgiven. Wait a second. He wasn't, ta- he wasn't laying on the ground because of his sin, was he? I believe Jesus was doing this. He was telling them, I can heal something physically on their bodies, but I have to do something internally, spiritually. In other words, if God continues to heal you and you never change, how many times we ask for prayer and you ask for prayer to deliver you from something that you know you got to be set free from, but then as soon as you leave the service, you go right back to the same stuff all over again. 
The great physician penetrated through a superficial symptom that was more beyond what he needed physically. Jesus knew true healing begins within. Let me say it again. True healing begins within. Without sin being dealt with first, he cannot have effectual healing. His paralysis might have been because of his sin. Let me say it again. His condition was probably a reason because of the things that he kept on going back to. I don't know, but I do know this. Jesus wants to heal, not only heal, he wants to deliver, not only deliver, he wants to set you free. Most of us get healed, and we go right back to the same stuff. He says, not only want to heal you, I want to deliver you. Most of us get delivered and go back to the same stuff. He said, no, I want you to be set free. Set free. Set, look at your name and say, set free. Let me close with this. It did not happen until four men were willing to hold the rope. Four men or four women in this house willing to hold the rope. Let me say it again. Are you quitting on your kids? Hold the rope. Are you quitting on your mom and dad? Hold the rope. A lot of them are today the way they are because people quit on them. I'm not saying every kid is perfect, and I know every kid has issues, just like every adult has issues. But I believe that looking for people who have faith, Pastor, you don't understand. I'll tell you what I mean by this. When I was growing up, my mom used to smoke a lot. I had family relatives who smoked. And they used to always tell me, if I ever catch you smoking, I'm going to kick you, you know, you know anyway. And I always just say, how can you tell me not to smoke and threaten me when you're doing the same exact thing you told me not to do? I believe young people, listen carefully, and I'm not saying thus to the Lord, but hear me out. I believe there are young people in this house, children in this house, who are looking for people who have faith. Because if we don't, they don't see the faith that they, they need to see, they're going to find it somewhere else. They want to see faith. They want to see, you know what? I'm going to toe the rope. Yes, I know it's hard. Yes, I want to quit. Yes, you don't understand the circumstances, but are you going to hold the rope? Are you going to help lower your kids, lower your students, lower your mom, your dad, your uncle, your boo, your husband, your best friend to the feet of Jesus? Don't let go of the rope. These four men did not let go. They kept on going. They kept on going. I believe this. They would have stood there until he got up. We wait and we quit. I can't tell you countless testimonies. Some of you guys in this room are here because somebody quit. I'm telling you, they're not this church. There's a house full of faith. There's a house of believers who want to see people set free, restored, Marriages restored, relationships healed. But are you a rope holder? Are you just a spectator? There's a story, you, know, you might have heard this before, I might have said this before, but I'll say it again. There's a story of a, um, of a young lady 
who uh, was really wanted to get married to this guy, and, and this guy would, got shipped off to the military, and he promised her, if you marry me, I'll, I'll marry you one day, I promise you. And matter of fact, to seal that promise, I'll write you a letter and a card and every day and say, I love you, I miss you, I love you, I miss you. And so he did, he, he left, and he, every day he wrote this card, his note to his future, future wife, his fiance, and he goes off, and then when he comes back after a year, he, he knocks on the door of his mother-in-law's house, and he says, hey, I want to see my wife-to-be, I'm excited, I can't wait to be with her. And while he says that, the mother-in-law looks kind of looked puzzled. She says, well, she's not really here. He goes, what do you mean she's not here? I mean, I promised her every day I write this letter. I, t- I said I was, was going to write it. I spoke it. I wrote it. I gave it to her. And she said, no, she's not here. She got, she got married. What do you mean she got married? Who did she get married to? And the mother-in-law goes, well, she got married to the postman. <laughs> now, it's funny, but it's not funny. Because it wasn't so much the words that he wrote. It was the personal contact who delivered the note to the young lady. I think there's people looking, not people just talking a good talk. But it's the personal talk with the contact that says, you know what? I am here for you. I'm there for you. God is for you, not against you. We're going to be praying for you. I'm going to stand in the gap for you. I won't quit for you. I'll keep on speaking God's word over you. When was the last time you had a burden for that? I remember the day my twin sister, yes, I have a twin. She's prettier than me. <laughs> my twin sister, we would pray for her, and uh, I was worried about her. Um, very worried about her. And we used to pray, even though we didn't see the results. That's faith. Trusting You see it here before you see it here. You see it here before you see it here. And we will pray over her and bathe her and speak over God's word over her. Father, I thank you that she's going to be set free. You're going to deliver her, her pain, her past. And then one day, we get a phone call that my sister met a man who had kids, which shocked me. And this guy wanted to be a pastor one time. He never pursued it. He went to business. And then she said... Jason, we're going to a church. You talking about faith being activated again? Most of us, we quit at the prayer and we stop. But it's a continual prayer, continual faith, continual believing, confessing, standing. Like we heard her, standing on his promises. I want to do something really bold. I did this first service. I want you to grab your phone real quick. And I want you to find at least one picture of somebody you believe in God for right now. Maybe your best friend. Maybe it's your son, your daughter, your parents, a co-worker. This may sound stupid, but trust me, I want you to do this because we're going to believe God right We're going to pray. Because this is what you're going to do right now with me. We're going to hold the rope. Amen. How many guys are believing for a loved one to come to Christ? How many guys are believing for God to move mightily, but, but what you, you can't see it, but you know God's going to do it? You trust him in it. Amen. So what you do is get that picture out. As you're doing that, I'm going to read this to you. The four men wanted this man to walk different. The four men wanted to see a change happen. The four men believed by God. Jesus addressed a common problem that a lot of us are dealing with today. Some of us are paralyzed spiritually. 
But I believe we come to a church that speaks life, believes by faith that God can set free. The question is, do you believe? So I want you to hold that picture real quick in your hand. Can you imagine when that man got off the floor, picked up his mat? The miracle was not just for the paralyzed man. The miracle was not just for the four watching who believe. Imagine the crowd that was there to witness it. You see, the same people that diss you, that hurt you, that are not there for you, that don't want to hold the rope with you, are the same people later on in your life. When they need help, they know who to come to. Because your faith, they see your faith. Let's hold that up real quick. If you have that picture, of photo, let's, let's put your hands on. Let's just pray over them right now. Father, I just thank you. In this room, we have moms, dads, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, best friends, co-workers. In this room, we're believing God by faith. God, we may not see the outcome right now, but we trust you, God. We trust you right now. Maybe it's someone around them at their place that can be a, be a rope holder beside them. Maybe it's somebody they're going to be accounting in their life or across their path that can help them through this journey. But Father, I pray for us in this room that we don't quit. We don't stop believing. We don't let go of the rope. We trust you, God, that you're able to heal them, deliver them, bring them back home. There's prodigal sons and daughters in this house we're believing God for. There's healings of deliverance of addiction and, and depression that we're believing God for. Father, I'm asking right now, in the name of Jesus, that name that's above every name, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. And I pray for healing and deliverance right now. I'm asking God that this be a year, Father God, of salvations like never before, that they would be drawn by your spirit, not by man, but they see the faith of their people rise up. And I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Here's my next prayer. I want you to hear me out. This is very important. Maybe you're in this room, and you don't have enough faith right now because you're just going through it. And you're saying, I need rope holders to pray for me right now. Maybe you're in a situation this morning where you need healing. Maybe you're in a situation this morning you need peace. I don't know what you're going through, but I know the healer's in the house. And he knows at every infirmity, he knows our every need. If you're here, I want you to just stand up where you're at this morning. Just stand where you're at. If that's you, you're saying, Pastor, I need faith right now. I need God. I want God to show up. I need prayer right now. I need God to heal me. I need God to set me free. I need God to help me through the situation. I'm asking people of faith to pray with me right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Could I just share something crazy this morning when I was praying? I was going over this, this message. I, I started thinking, wouldn't it be crazy that people start flooding the emails? Wouldn't it be crazy that people start flooding social media? Wouldn't it be crazy people that are watching online right now are getting healed in their home? Wouldn't it be crazy that they hear that something's crazy going on on this church in the corner of Del Mabry and Waters and also on I-4, right, East Lake, that something is happening? Wouldn't it be crazy that we start seeing like the book of Acts, that when people just believe, they shall receive? Wouldn't it be crazy? No, listen, this is, I thought about this. 
I remember growing up, and I used to think about this, about um, people coming to the altar and just want to respond because they know they need a Savior. Wouldn't it be crazy we see people we never saw before just get before the throne room of God and say, God, forgive me, I need deliverance today. Wouldn't it be crazy that drug addicts get delivered? Wouldn't it be crazy that depression flees? Amen. So all these like nine people in this, all these rope holders, I want to do this. Those who are not standing, that's okay. You're rope holders of me right now. We're going to pray. Lift your hands, everybody in this house. Come on. Father, I thank you for those who are standing right now. Hallelujah. God, you're not a respecter of persons. If you did it for the man in the story you read, you can do it for them. God, I thank you for your spirit that brings life. We trust in the one who's able to help us. We call upon you. You said those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not just salvation, but healing, deliverance, peace, restoration. God, I pray right now for every person that's standing. I pray you invade their home, invade their families, touch their lives. Lord, I pray for testimonies after testimonies, signs after signs, miracles after miracles. Jesus, you still help those who ask. And so, Father, we believe by faith. We don't see it yet. We trust you, God. We trust you, God, right now. We trust you, God. In the name of Jesus. If you guys believe it, come on, say amen. amen. If you see that, come and say amen.